298 of the Saturn Studs podcast. I'm Kurt, joined once again this week by my upward-looking co-hosts, Peter and Jake. That's right, Kurt. This week, we've got a spicy edition for you on the cast today, because this is the hot aid edition of the cast. You've had Kool-Aid, but now it's time to crank up the temperature with hot aid. So is that just like Kool-Aid mix that's been heated? Maybe. That sounds awful. You say that, but it, it comes in chocolate flavor, i.e. it's it's just hot chocolate it's powder. It's just, just Nesquik. It's just Swiss Miss. And and Jake is currently looking up. He's straining his neck. He's committed to the bit. I, well, I'm, yeah, so I'm looking up, and um, <laughs> I'm just looking at my, my ceiling right now, and I, it's not the popcorn ceiling, so I don't know how to, what to call it. It's whatever ceiling they decided to do in like the early 90s or early 2000s where they were just like, let's have some thick paint and then go and have little like little peaks. Yes. It's like faux popcorn. Yes, we, we have that here as well. And I'm like, how the fuck would I ever Wait, are- like replace it? Well, it's like the walls in my house. They're textured. Oh, yeah. It's not like a wallpaper or anything, but they're just like textured That's walls. what my cousin has. Yeah. You have to get like um, you have to get like a special, I think it's a special paintbrush. That, well, I'm, I'm not painting the living room any, and that's really where it is. Um, I think the bedroom walls are a little more regular. Yeah, either that or you have to spray it. And I would, and I would myself never make the conscious choice to have my walls be any color other than white um it's just a it's just a lifestyle choice for me is i'm i'm white walls only white wall tires exactly um, it's okay that's in that's in and like it's apartment chic. when you get your first car you need to get uh, white wall tires uh, i think they call that apartment okay. chic the white the white walls you know the the landlord comes in and he you have a hole in the wall so he just packs it full of ramen and sands it down and paints it white and it's like oh yeah fixed if, hey if it lets me hang my kramer posters your your landlord fix shit in your apartment side side story i remember when i had my first apartment it was in a really shitty area and a lot of the stuff was like old, um, and our our oven didn't work for like the first. It just had two modes off and five hundred degrees. So it, you know what's a good replacement oven? An air fryer. Well, we so need to get an air. Yeah, fryer. we we kind of like just said like everything. We didn't use the oven that often, but when we needed it, it's like oh shit. Well, we're fucked. So we end up having them come out and look at it, and they're like, well, you know. This is so goddamn old, and we're so damn lazy uh, that we might have to just get you a whole new oven and range uh, if we can't find the part. And uh, uh, we got all excited, and we shouldn't have got our hopes up because they found the part miraculously, and they they <laughs> fixed our shitty old oven. <laughs> so we're like, yeah, uh. it's a gas range. Gasoline. So then I think, oh, then right. I think, follow up to that story. Sorry, my Jake's apartment story is not over yet. It's it's this old house, but it's just it's just Jake's house. When we moved out, 
Uh, they like Bob Vila gave you a handshake and the pat on the yeah. ass. And twenty dollar gift certificate. To I Lowe's. had to get back in because I was doing some. I was fixing up so I didn't get like fucked over with the security deposit. Um, and they locked. They changed the locks on me, but I still had the the place. I'm like, what the fuck? So they got me in and. In the kitchen was a brand new fucking range <laughs> that they were ready to swap out the old one with. And I'm like, fuck you guys. <laughs> they spent the money so that they could spend more they money. They always had it. They never didn't have it. <laughs> never didn't. Uh, yeah. And of course, as always, we're coming at you live. Uh, you know what? From uh, Joe Byron's house, the White House. It's a big old... White Joe, House, Joe Byron, Joe Byron, Joe Byron's Joe house. Byron, not to be confused with Joe Biden, president of the United States. Joe Byron is he's, uh, he's a member on oh, filibusters, right? Joe that, Byron. that hit show filibusters. Yeah, and and he's he's volunteered to uh, to shelter us while we deal with this. Uh, we got a bit of legal trouble. We were served a lawsuit from the estate of Brad Grammer. I was not aware that he had any family, but apparently they're suing us for wrongful death. I see. Um, well, I, b- so I bet we it was COVID. To, we have to appear in court. We have to appear in court down here. Well, no, Brad Grammer was eaten by alligators in the Everglades. Yeah, so they still mar- they still marked it as COVID though. <laughs> this was years before. Yeah, this three-year-old death. Yeah. Although there's Brad Grammer died of COVID of before stuff. COVID was a cool thing to be dying of. I hear it's all the rage. They better not, and that will persist as long as they don't do any discovery. What I'm saying is, don't look up the cause of Brad Grammer's death. Look, I'm not saying that we are completely. Uh, without fault in his death, but I am saying that neither Peter or I told him to go to the other glades, so we're we're not at fault for his death. <laughs> he had we, no business being there. He wasn't there on podcast business. Was, he was the worst producer, the dirt worst. It was it was an act of God, and by that I mean the Gators were Baptists. Just just listen, just listen to the earlier episodes of the show, like like the real early stuff. Brad Grammer. I'm not going to say he deserved to die, but I don't think the world was much worse off with him dying. I don't know if he earned his right to live. Yeah, I sound way different back then. Yeah, very, very quiet, almost silent. Peter and I just didn't acknowledge you for the first. I was there, hundred plus episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the high frequency, like radio scan comes in, like the fucking spirit phone. I was just Jake here's like, yeah, I'm here too. I was just in the background going. I actually, it's actually fantastic. I want, I want just a a fourth member. Here at all times, just a hype man. Just a hype man. Like it's like a video Joker in in uh, the Wakaliwood films. We just need one. I of mean, those. the Wakaliwood. When films. when Kristen gets well, home, she can we do need... that. She'll just be in the back, just be like, ah ha ha ha. <laughs> but does she actually we... laugh at our jokes? She does. From time to time, if I, I if I make a goofy face so... to her. If you, if you make her 
I've, if you say, babe, I, I will call off the wedding if you don't laugh yeah, at this joke. It's real, it's real manipulative. Uh, I did I did find out that she laughs really hard at just sometimes the word fart. Uh, she was a diet. I was getting her good last night. I would just look at her and say, fart. And she would... Am I the only one who gets frustrated when there's significant other laughs a lot harder at the stupidest joke you told instead of your finely crafted comedy that was very very elegant and very witty you know, yes uh, i can't say i i understand the question <laughs> i i don't understand the difference between like you say worst joke and finest crafted joke like they're two different concepts i don't i don't see, think i get it peter some of us <laughs> take pride in their comedy <laughs> And we'll actually, you know, come up with with bits that are that I are mean, thought out and pre-planned. I mean, I take pride in my comedy in that it's like a pack of lions that will physically hurt you <laughs> if you if you disturb them. Every now and then I channel my inner father and I just come up with real real stinkers. Specifically your father? No, or father just everybody's general. got their own Inner dad. The Jungian archetype of yeah, father. Everybody, my dad. <laughs> Everybody's got like new balances. People say dad jokes, but my dad's never told me. Uh, really? <laughs> my dad had some bad or ones. Me. <laughs> <laughs> my my dad had some rough ones. Uh and and he was he was the epitome of just a dad you know naps at random times of the day mows the lawn has like grass stains on his new balances and then has his going out new balances <laughs> those last him 10 whole years and then he just cycles through the same uh pair of uh long tall uh white socks you know and then he's just got his uh his wrangler jeans and his his uh his his white shirt with a bass pro logo on it that's got like a whole so he's basically the you betcha guy yeah <laughs> he's like if uh if you if you distilled hank hill down into a new yorker uh and uh and replaced propane with with like charcoal or uh you know just a stove top it's grill it's smoking yeah it's, it's wood smoke have your smoker up here liquid smoke yeah. baby yeah, yeah, man. I just I channel those, and I come up with real terrible jokes. Just the worst. That ones that make you like keel over and uh, give you chest pain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my like my dad will do that, but like he'll just say the goofiest thing you've ever heard in your life, and then he'll just like put like a Werther's. He'll he'll like bite down on a pretzel or something, and just kind of walk. He'll just slink away, like he didn't just drop. <laughs> Drop a goof bomb into the whole fucking conversation. He just kind of gives that that like, and we and then you call him out on it. He just gives you this bewildered look. He's like, "What? No, I don't no. know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're doing." It's funny because, like my jokes, there is a fifty-fifty shot of them landing, and it. But there's a hundred percent. Fifty-fifty seems generous. <laughs> regardless, there is a hundred percent chance that he will follow through with it. And he's like, "No, that was comedy gold." No. My my mom will have to like reassure everyone that they're not going insane. Like, yes, he was trying to be funny. <laughs> Fantastic. Enough about dads. Yeah. What about meteors? The trailers. 
It comes mm. before the meteor shower, right? That's how that works. Yeah, that's the thing coming off of the end. It's a trailer. Uh oh, did I lose internet? It's okay. You might have because you went you went uh, silent on uh, uh, Discord. So I swapped uh, swapped it over. I unmuted the Peter. Yeah, we've we've got redundancy now in our in our current setup. Yeah, I guess. I mean, there's redundancy in in insofar as um, Jake can hear me. <laughs> there we go. Now I'm boom, back. I'm boom, baby. <laughs> Um, I guess we should just start in the order that I saw these. And our first look is lash is is actually last looks. Um, it's it's Mel Gibson as as an an actor, and a, yeah, he's really branching and a, out a, a drunkman and, and trying, you know, a character that he he cannot possibly relate to. You know, this is the man who's played Jesus Christ. Um, and uh, Mad Max. So his his biggest role, his biggest acting challenge will be playing an actor mm-hmm. uh, who is a <laughs> belligerent <laughs> drunk. Yes, um, he's definitely not the like the main star of this movie though. It's um, whoever this. So this is just like a detective movie because they're they're trying to get those going again. It it even takes place in Hollywood. Um. So I don't know. I forget who this actor is who plays this washed up Charlie Hunnam. Down and yeah, yeah. Okay. So he's not a guy that I. I he looks like uh, Brad Pitt's homeless cousin. He's uh he's very famous for Sons of Anarchy. Ah, okay. Was that would he, explain it. Was he also in like Pacific Rim? Yes, I believe so. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, if that makes sense. Uh, I he's just one of those guys that you see around. Um, but in this one, in, so instead of being like a, a hard drinking, you know, drinking in the office, alcoholic kind of, uh, PI, he's like the live in a trailer park, but also drink alcohol kind of PI. And he's, he's down to just a hundred things. Specifically. And one of them was his hat. And apparently it's a Um, bad looking hat. I think it's, I don't know. I think it was just supposed to be a joke. Yeah, Um, I tried. There's, there's, I don't know. I don't want to write this movie off completely because some of the scenes Mel Gibson's in are kind of humorous. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that. I can see very easily that every interesting part of the movie is in the trailer. Yeah, it, and that there's there's no substance uh, beyond what you mm-hmm. see. Yeah, and the um. The no, the most notable noticeable thing about the trailer is that they hired a choreographer whose main strength, like he got this job purely on his ability to tell people how to throw right hooks. <laughs> like he knew how to throw a haymaker. He knows how to inform people how to throw haymakers because and that's how he got this job because there are at least three of the same kind of punch. Yeah. Um. In in this two minute, maybe that's a plot trailer. point. <laughs> we solved the killer by his maybe giant that's ham hand hook. No, we found out who the killer was because he didn't throw a right hook; he threw a left. Oh. And the one person that threw the left hook was the uh, was the the killer. Yeah, yeah. Whoa! <laughs> what if that actually is the fucking like riddle? The solution to the riddle. 
of this movie, and it's like, oh, uh, that's fucking dumb. <laughs> Maybe Mel Gibson saves it. Who knows? They just all kind of stand. <laughs> Maybe they all just stand around at the at the scene of the crime and just sort of like, well, shit. You know, Mel Gibson is a fine actor who just happens to maybe have some not-so-pleasant things to say about Jewish people. I mean, they did kill so, him in I that mean, one movie, so... <laughs> Jesus. It's true. Although, technically, it was the Romans who did the killing. Did you hear about that Nigerian guy who's suing, like, Italy for oh. killing Jesus? That's a bold move. That's a bold... I feel like statute of limitations <laughs> that was a couple empires ago <laughs> yeah Let, it does predate the existence of italy as a country by you know 1800 years <laughs> that's one you can literally go habeas corpus to <laughs> show me the body what harry what harry potter spell was habeas corpus <laughs> <laughs> Dedus, Dedus disappears. Ficus on a bicus. That's my favorite. <laughs> my favorite Harry Potter spell. Um, and with that, that is the most interesting trailer this week. Uh, Believe it or not, that's really the best. Because <laughs> uh, next up, we've got Gasoline Alley. I'll give you each at home two guesses. As to who's in this movie, and three guesses as to what film company made it. <laughs> uh, Nicholas Cage and Lionsgate. And close. All right. I want to take another guess at it. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. Uh, this is the Dora moment for everyone at home. Yes. Can you guess which which actor shelled out for another piece of shit production? Can you guess which actor and studio teamed up for this shit show? That's right. Bruce Willis. And Saban Films. Very Saturn. 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 Saturn See now, it's a new it's a new year though. They turned over a new leaf. They got a new actor. Yes, they got Luke Wilson. What, what was uh, his... Fresh off of being in the French Dispatch, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I was sure. going to say, I was like, what was this last movie? Idiocracy? <laughs> well, he's in a lot of Wes Anderson movies, because I guess the Wilsons and Wes Anderson grew up in the same area. Oh, so he's branching out. That's, that's the most, that is the most Wes Anderson way of, of casting someone. I could have thought I could have ever heard. Well, they all broke into the film business together. He's like, he's like, I need one more movie to like make this next mortgage payment. <laughs> Put me on anything. He was. I'll take anything. Wes's own. Wes's movie only covered eleven months. He's actually not in uh, the French Dispatch. Oh darn! His most recent. Owen Wilson is though. His most recent project was Star Girl. Perhaps there was a conflict with that. Um, he played Pat Duggan slash Stripe as an acronym. Um, he was also in 12 Mighty Orphans, uh, Zombieland Double Tap, 
Okay. It was a couple of years ago at this point. Oh. He doesn't do a ton of work because I'm I'm sure he lives a pretty modest life. Um but Brucey on the other hand. Yeah, Bruce. Brucey boy, he's in everything. I I've got this screenshot and it just sort of it it's not like iconic in any way, but it kind of encapsulates It's emblematic. The, the spiritual the spirit of Bruce Willis, which is him like just sort of with no facial expression. He's leaning on on a box, just sort of forward. The picture's a little blurry. He's wearing just a regular shirt, and he's he's got a gun. And the most important part of this, he's in front of a green screen. Yeah. There's, it's... I... I don't know. Just, whenever this is done, whenever his contract is up, someone needs to just collapse all these movies into one movie so that no one needs to buy these separately. Like, this needs to just be the Bruce Willis action paction. You're going to go to your local library, and that's going to be the binge box. <laughs> it's going to be the yep. Bruce Willis binge box, and it's going to not have not have Die Hard or Pulp Fiction or any of the movies that like he's known for being good in. Just all of his like 2020 stuff. <laughs> 2020 onward, Bruce Willis. <laughs> When do you think we'll get to the day where we go to Walmart at like two in the morning because we have nothing else to do, and or they've got one of those big, you know, discount five dollar bins of DVDs, mm-hmm. and like ninety percent of the time you pick up one, it's got Bruce Willis in it. I don't think that these production companies would spend the money printing the discs for that no, to happen. No, come on. This can't just be... I think this is going to be straight on VOD. We did go to a Walmart the other day. We did. Which which movie did we look at and we could easily tell that it was just not selling? Oh, there were a lot of them. Um, it was... Oh, I, I can't even remember the name because it was so forgettable. I want a Bruce Willis movie on vinyl. Oh, I think it was uh, Chaos Walking or something like that. Maybe. Oh, yeah, that was a, that was a stinker. Star-studded cast. Uh, so, Gasoline Alley, we can look forward to. Vendetta, also coming out this year. Uh, Fortress 2. Yep. Uh, a Day to Die is in post-production. The wrong place also in post production. Die like lovers in post production. Corrective measures. White elephant. Paradise City. Wire room. Fortress three. And next year, we'll have Hair of the Dog, where he plays a character called Burger. Good. Great. I'm glad Bruce Willis took. One entire day to set up his entire filmography for the next decade. Burger. Burger. Mm. Like, I just, I want to, you know, I, I, I wish I could be, like, be there for the day that he records everything. I just want to, like, I want to, I want to see that day in the yeah. life for Bruce yeah, Willis. Yeah, Bruce, Bruce Willis is literally everywhere. Just like this mm-hmm. next movie. The sky is everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah, nice. this is um, the youngest of adultist TV shows. A TV show? Um, a movie? It's on Apple TV. I guess it's is a Is it movie. a TV show? Apple TV does movies sometimes. Uh, yeah. This feels more like a movie. 
I don't know how you'd stretch this into a television I, yeah, show. Yeah, I kind of thought this was a I kind of thought this was a movie because it said like on val- like this Valentine's Day. But I guess that could be the yeah. start of it, but you know, you kind of want like Well, it very well could so like Greyhound, that was an Apple TV movie. Yeah. Um so they've done movies before. Um I'll, I'll bet this is a movie. Movie. It, girl girl's sister dies and she's in love. Triangle? It's a it's a life mark? affirming romance coming of age book novel. I mean book. I mean thing that you read thing that the girls read during so, ELA. Yeah. All all girls ages eleven to fifteen will eat this up. All of yeah. them. No exceptions. If you think you know someone who's an exception to that, or you yourself believe yourself to be an exception to that, uh, you're wrong. You will watch the. It'll be like eating spiders when you're asleep. Mm-hmm. It'll find you. It'll download itself into your brain. Like, did you, did you want to, uh, are you an older sibling of, of a teenage girl and you want to tell them how much better The Fault in Our Stars was when she watches this? <laughs> then this is the show for you. Or movie. Like, yeah, it it oh, is in theaters. I saw the notebook and it was so much better. It is in theaters and streaming on February eleventh uh, for Valentine's Day. So <laughs> who the fuck is gonna see this? In I I don't know. It it looks uh, uh, silly and romantic, and I'm probably gonna be watching it on February eleventh or the twelfth or something as a little Valentine's Day thing. Oh, but maybe Kristen will surprise me and she'll be like, "No, fuck that shit." Let's Sonic. watch Game of Thrones. Sonic. No, she'll never say that. I wish. Yeah. Wait, they're not making they're not making any more Game of Thrones stuff, right? They are. Yeah. It's done. No. That's, what? Wait. Oh, yeah. Excuse me. It, so there's. Sorry. So they have like I, I guess uh, I don't know who produced it or whatever, but they pitched I think like four or five ideas, and they made like up they made a whole pilot for um. Like a, a, like a north, like a just just focusing on the north and all the, uh, like all the old elder Screw ones. The other cardinal direction. Yeah, so just the north, and it kind of focused mm-hmm. on the Stark family or something like that, or like the very very beginning of the Stark family. Um, and they put a ton of money into it, and it bombed when they showed it to HBO Max uh, or HBO, and they were just like, nope, don't want it. Uh, but they took the Targaryen one. So there's a, like a maybe hundred years or so, two hundred years before uh, the events of Game of Thrones, they're doing I guess um, like Aegon Targaryen and his story or something like that. I, I forgot the name. It's been so long since so I've focused on the names. I, yeah, because show fucking collapsed. Yeah, I just into a fucking uh, to a pit. I, on the final season. I don't know if it's Aegon Targaryen. I don't know if it's like the Mad King or if it's like the father of the Mad King. But there's, it's starting that storyline where like the Targaryens were like the guys with the big dick in the room because they had dragons. Um, so there's going to be a whole bunch of dragons. Uh, so that is actually coming out. They have a, they actually have a trailer for it. It came out a while ago, but we'll see how it goes. Um, what you did remind me, though, um, I, it's a teaser or it's just a fucking announcement of the title. Um, uh, Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power. Oh, uh, yes. It's going to be the Amazon Prime series. Yeah, didn't we talk about this? I feel like we talked about this. We maybe did. Um, I, 
I'm, I just looked it up. I'm looking this up, and immediately the third, like, they've announced the title of this show. I don't even know if they've announced any of the details of the show. It's a trailer explain video. No, it's, it's yeah, this is just, uh, like, the, the video is just, look, it's the title of the show. Wow. Um, but the third entry, the, the third search result, when I look this up, is already some dude who made a 20-minute video about this one-minute title reveal called Amazon's Lord of the Rings is Woke Garbage. Well, I think they've leaked some details about it. Um, I remember reading some some stuff that said they were going to focus on a lot of like sex. They're going to try to make it Game of Thrones. Fuck yeah, I want Hobbits um, fucking. Which... Lord of the Rings is not Game of Thrones. It should not no, be, be made to be so. I want I want the Ralph Bakshi Lord of the Rings. I want him to make the second one, even though he's dead, I think. Is he alive? I don't know. I will say the um, the teaser looks very cool. Um, I think what I saw, maybe I saw TikTok of it or some of that, but it was how they were explaining how the teaser was actually like a real-life shot. Because it looks really cool. It's like the molten metal going through these like valleys of in wood or something. I don't know. It just looks cool. I think it looks dope. But I don't fucking know about the show. Um, speaking of not teasers, um, we did get a full-fledged, I guess, trailer for... Yeah, they call this a trailer? Okay, yeah, they're calling it a trailer. For Moon Knight... Starring Oscar oh, Isaac. Yeah. Yes, I did. I did watch the Moon Knight trailer. Uh, it looks okay. I everybody's so excited about Moon Knight, and I'm just like, I okay. I mean, maybe Oscar Isaac will do a good job. Sure. I mean, he plays a a, a dude with a DID. Um, I guess that's that's the Moon Knight character. Uh, is that he's Mark. Uh, Specter, Mark Specter, who has DID, um, and he kind of he kind of is somewhat self aware because he does things knowing he won't wake up in his same body. So Moon Knight got very popular, yeah, during a time at which DC uh, was going super campy with their stuff. So Moon Knight was kind of like written more in the style of the Batman of the early seventies. Versus what they were doing uh, with Batman at the time. So he got super popular, kind of scratching that itch. And there were, there were a couple good runs of Moon Knight comics, but never never really got a ton of mainstream love. It was a pretty good, uh, pretty good selling book for a while. I've been listening to an audio book about the history of Marvel. That's where all this shit's coming from. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Uh, yeah, I mean, I like Moon Knight. I think Moon Knight's a, a Knight is a very interesting character. Definitely um, different, a lot, lot different than what we've ever seen. Like a god or just somebody who has superpowers or a smart dude. Well, I mean, Moon Knight is the he's he serves the the god of the moon. I guess yeah, he gets the superpowers, but like he's also got that big psychological twist of like because I feel like the way they're gonna play this is like. For a while, you're gonna think like, "What is real? What is not real?" 
Um, well, he's got a pretty like basic background, you know. He's a marine and a CIA yeah. guy who became a mercenary. You know, that's kind of well tread ground. It sounds a lot like Spawn if you're uh, familiar with his. Yep. All origins. I, all I want out of the show is for it to truly just be batshit insane. I just want it to be good. You know, there's there's been a lot of stuff they put out on Disney Plus, and you know, Mandalorian was good. But other than that, there hasn't been a lot of stuff that I would call like really great or even like really good. There's been a lot of like, it's all right, it's pretty good sort of stuff. But I I just want I want to, to them to take a a relatively unknown character and just give them a really good show like like they did with the Netflix shows. Yeah. For, for the defenders. People. Yeah, I mean that's except you know Iron Fist sucked. <laughs> I mean I think that's definitely what they can do here. So I'm I'm hoping it it works out well. It's um uh I didn't see anything that <clears throat> uh gave me a lot of cause for concern that this was going to be bad. But at the same time, I didn't see anything that made me go, "Whoa, I have to watch this right now." I I think you're gonna have you're gonna have your diehard Moon Knight fans because it looks like they're changing some of his story up a little bit. Uh, you're gonna have your diehard Moon Knight fans are gonna be like, "Oh, that's a little bit different. I don't know if I like this." And then you're gonna have the general audience that has never heard of Moon Knight, and they're just like, oh, "Let me flip this on." They're gonna be like, "Huh, interesting." Because this even like struck Kristen's interest. Like she wasn't, she's not super into like Hawkeye. Wasn't like super sucked into Wandavision or whatever. Um, even Loki, she wasn't like that. She was wanted to watch it but it wasn't like she was oh i gotta watch it um but even this she was like oh i probably will like that because it's got like that psychological aspect maybe with did so hopefully they i mean maybe they'll push on that a little bit it seems like they did in the trailer like kind of yeah, like this. i would i would caution them not to lean too heavily into it where like that's what the show is about you know and it's not like about moon knight it's about a guy with did yeah i i mean i I don't want to see that personally, but I mean, maybe it's enough to, it's enough to wet the whistle of people who are interested in that kind of thing to get them involved into the, the night of the moon. Um, or, yeah, we're no, we're not too far from the release date. So it's definitely one that we'll watch and have a review for. Yeah. I mean, like, like um, I watched Hawkeye on the show. I watched Hawkeye and that was, that was okay. I thought that was, did, did an okay job of just adding more story to Hawkeye. It felt like, Black Widow, a little in a little bit of a sense where it's like I, whatever happens to you is inconsequential. But they did bring in some aspects that kind of could connect it to later things and later shows. I think the big thing with Hawkeye <clears throat> that was of note is them bringing in like the Kingpin connection. Yeah, and then with Daredevil showing up in No Way Home, you know, maybe we one day get that fourth season. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, who knows? Anything could happen, and I think that would be, I think that would slot well in uh, the Disney Plus lineup of what they have with Braveheart, with Moon Knight. I would be with... interested to see if they would put Daredevil if it were if it were the same style of show it was on Netflix. I'd be interested to see if they would even put it on Disney Plus or if they would put it on Hulu. Because they've put a lot more of their mature content on Hulu. Well, I mean, there there is always that thing that we have to remember that Disney is a 
eventually going to come out with a mature section or whatever for inflated price or whatever. But um, maybe maybe that's good for that, and they'll have that and Deadpool on there as well. I have no clue. Uh, who knows what Disney's going to do? You know what? I just realized we never watched. Um, I don't know. Well, maybe you, you guys did, but I never watched um, the Modoc show. Oh, I never watched Modoc. I didn't. I didn't have a lot of interest in it, to be honest. And that was that was a Hulu thing. That was an adult-oriented show that they put on Hulu. What was it? So D plus. Modoc. Oh yeah, yeah. He had like a robot chicken With kind of. Patton yeah, Pat Oswalt. Yeah, I. I see. I don't. I don't go on Hulu that often. So I never mm-hmm. saw it. Was like, oh yeah, I gotta give me that, Modoc. Modoc show doc. <laughs> well, Modoc is a cool character. I don't necessarily. Uh, I, I want. I mean, I never saw the show, so I can't really mm-hmm. say with any sort of certainty that that was the wrong direction to go in. But Modoc's comic book origins, uh, you know, you could have done something more with the character instead of make a joke. Yeah, TV show about it. Yeah, because it seems like I mean, if anyone's gonna do justice to his character, I feel like Patton Oswalt is gonna be the guy. Oh well, yeah, he'll. I mean, he. I'm sure he knows all about the lore. They didn't have to give him like any books to read or anything. He's like, no, I got this. Trust me. <laughs> yep. Um, crack my knuckles and get to work. Hey, I'm all down to yeah. watch some shitty comedy. So how about I'll, I'll watch a couple episodes and report back. You do that. You do that. That's you right. waste you waste your time so I don't have yeah, to. Yeah, exactly. We're on assignment, kid. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um that's trailers? Yeah. yeah, that's trailers. Let's let's move on to the follow-up here. Uh The King is Dead. Long live the King. Scream. Uh Topples Spider-Man No Way Home at the box office. Uh yep. With a $33.8 million holiday weekend um, edging out, well, actually, a pretty handily beating Spider-Man No Way Home in its fifth week, mind you. Mm-hmm. Uh, $24.6 million for that, good enough for second place. But Scream is the number one movie, and it is the movie that found itself in our spotlight Yep, this week. And uh, what a spotlight it is. It's getting some pretty good critical reception. It has a 76% uh, critic score on Rotten Tomatoes and 83% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. It's about a 7.3 on IMDb, right? Uh, yes. Um, that, sounds, that sounds correct. So it's it's doing pretty well for itself reception-wise. Scream was kind of a movie that revived the slasher genre. Um, at a time where it was not good, Wes Craven, the uh, the horror mind behind such luminaries as The Hills Have Eyes and Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, directed it. And it was what Halloween was for the 70s, for the mid-90s, in terms of bringing back the slasher genre. Um, so it garnered a cult following with a lot of sequels. This is the fifth Scream. It's mm-hmm. a It's what... One review referred to as a requel, which I'm stealing because I think that's that's a very apt term. I've seen that a couple times as well. Um, I guess that's this one's going to coin it. It's no longer a soft reboot. We've we've gone on to the next phase of recycled material. 
Yeah. So Mike JPEG here, uh, JPG, mm-hmm. has a 10 out of 10 review because, you know, we talk a lot about what critics have to say, you know, professional critics, but we all know that they're not trustworthy. They have agendas. They're paid for. They're bought by big media. You have to go to the IMDb user review sections because only the most passionate reviewers bother to write <laughs> reviews that probably we are the only three people that ever read them. It's our duty to be this important community. We are the gatekeepers between the IMDb reviewers and, and they are the, the key literal let rest of the world. <laughs> Uh, Mike JPEG here is one such man and he gives us a 10 out of 10 review this movie is amazing in all capital letters Scream 2020 is the best Scream movie we've gotten since the original any bad reviews or comments from people you suspect aren't being fair and are people just being assholes (laughs) but not assholes a dollar sign dollar sign oh I didn't want to swear I see he did want to swear that's how you, like this is how you know that these this movie is popular because you get the weird formatting that only happens when everyone makes a review of a movie. Yeah. It might not win an Oscar anytime soon, parenthetical, but how many horror movies do? But it is a really fun movie. It honors spelt the British way, uh Wes Craven like the new director said they would. The new cast are amazing, and the OG3 are back with a bang! Exclamation mark. Do any of y'all think Nev Campbell would dishonor Wes and come back for a movie that weren't going to be any good? Question mark. <laughs> Oi. Guess not. <sighs> uh, 20 out of 38 found that helpful. Oh, okay. All right. Um, yeah, uh, so... I had to reformat it uh, because it looked terrible on just the... And it's much more readable once I open up the actual review. But uh, shout yeah. out to the, the the first guy, as you rank a prolific reviewer, 1 out of 10, uh, an honest review from Generation of Swine. Great name. <laughs> but uh, I have to pick this one. Succinct in 16. Okay. 1 out of 10. All right. Uh, and this is from, what is his name? Uncle Sam Savage. Says, yes. this is a weird formatting too. I'm not going to do. Formatted, you, you sent it to us like this. I just, I can describe it. It looks like, it looks like a restaurant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Restaurant menu. Exactly. Okay. Where the, where the categories are on the, on the left margin. Yeah. And the scores are on the right margin, and they have dots. Dots in between, yeah. Between them. Except this dumb idiot didn't take the time to actually make it so the dots would create a right margin. So screenplay <laughs> is like, you know, screenplay and acting and cinematography are pretty good. They're all like in the same row. However, if you're going to do out of 10, like a slash out of, like slash 10, do it for everything. Like, just don't be lazy. <laughs> Or just put the score. I get it. You're out of going out of ten. Whatever. Um, uh, but then he just gives up on utility, and the zero for utility is like in the middle. So I'm not gonna name all yeah. the periods here. But it's just, it's just this guy's review: overbearingly self-aware, not so scary, 
farcical, farcical movie that will blindly capture stupid attention as a remake. Time Waster. Awesome. Is it a subtle but brief? Screenplay, 0 out of 10. Acting, 2. Cinematography, 0. Sound, 0. Editing, 0. Score, 0. Timeless. <laughs> uh, utility, with this with the mess up what? 0. Total, 2 out of 70. Which roughly equates to, you even put the squiggle, uh, 0.2. But unfortunately, one is the lowest IMD will allow you to go. Verdict, painful. 15 out of 40 found that helpful. Thank you. <laughs> Does he do every review? I gotta find Yes, every every review. Yep. Oh. Every review. Every numbers. He's got the numbers for it all. <laughs> Fucking. Yo, looking at, his, looking at his review page is just like, Looking through Da Vinci's code and figuring out it's it's Apple. Wow! Look at that. What do the numbers mean, man? Jake definitely read that book. <laughs> yes. Yep. I by, by read that book, I I mean I I listened to John Oliver bitch about it for ten minutes. Mm. Uh, is that one of his comedy specials? No, that was. I think was it the last one? He, they were off for a week or something like that. So, uh, oh, he did like a web. He did a uh, exclusive short. Yeah, thing. the whole joke was he brought in the live studio audience and then he forced them to sit through ten minutes of him just bitching about how the answer to the Da Vinci Code was Apple. And back in two thousand, everybody was like, "Oh my god, that's so smart!" And then they made a movie about it, and then two other books and two other movies. So. Mm-hmm. Apple. Um, all right, so I have. I actually sh- I should have chosen which one I'm gonna do beforehand, but I think I'm gonna do this one by Slattis. Uh, his four out of ten. Uh, Reddit might kill you. Smiley faces with lots of smiles. <laughs> um, so this is supposedly formatted like a list. But instead of making a new line break for everyone, he just put a space between all the bullets. Um, so it's just a big chunk of, of topics. Um, pros. Funny. Not too long, nor too short. Ghost face. Pretty ladies. That handsome dude. Killing children. Nice stabby sounds. Lesbians, but not really. Jasmine Savoy Brown. It was nice to watch. No need of 1,000 IQ. Nice quip, Sam. Cons. Not scary at all. Once again, dumb characters and decision making. Jump scares aren't scary anymore. Why are you clapping? They can't kill anybody. Predictable. Bullets go pew pew. Unnecessary scenes. Soundtrack. The ending. Dylan Minnette. Plot holes. Five out of fifteen. Were there like clap emojis? Like no, I don't get it. It's, it. I just needed to, you know, punctuate. Okay. These, these ones. Um, Azuras A Z O O Z S R S has a ten of ten review of possibly the greatest, most succinct title in the history of this segment. 
The Scream is really deliver. Woo! The best new Scream movie. I will rate movie 10 out of 10 masterpiece. <laughs> What's in the body? <laughs> the movie was a masterpiece. I like a saddest scenes. Sadness scenes. I like a sadness scenes. Just I can say wow, wow, wow. So brutal and sadness scenes and romance scenes. There was a lot of funny lines. It's so amazing. And shockingly, shockingly, 15 out of 29 people found that helpful. Good lord. That's that's amazing. Who, what, what 15 people were like, yes. <laughs> I, so this man clearly does not speak English. Um, I need to see. I must see if he's reviewed anything else. He's got a list of Halloween 2018. Um, so he's he's reviewed... Okay, so he reviewed this movie. His review of Halloween was this movie one in America love it. <laughs> Halloween twenty eighteen is best movie, a very very good movie. And this year, iHub rating this movie eight point one or seven point eight. Me rated this movie ten. Ten very nice movie. Oh no. Well, I think uh, this reviewer is a fan of both Breaking Bad and Castlevania. From Alucard Heisenberg, uh, 1 out of 10. The best title award so goes to Scream More Like a Piece of Sh... <laughs> you going to finish it? <laughs> you can swear. It's okay. Nobody's going to yell at you. The movie is horrible. The story is pointless and bad made. Nothing has a meaning. Man, that's deep. The movie should be made by killing Sydney off and every... <laughs> and, and, oh, and, and the crap. That would make Wes happy to go with style. Now he is crying in his grave. Spoilers. It's good that I did not go to the cinema and watch this horrible mess. Thank you for rips and fast forward. <laughs> oh, he got it legally. You son of a bitch, Alucard Eisenberg. Now this is best. He's too. He's too cool to watch it legally. Guys, you got. You got to really pay attention to this. Uh, this. I mean, this really sums it up. Bad, 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 bad movie and waste of my time. All caps. I hope that they never make another one. Because. 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 It's like because. Because as long Sydney is alive, movie will never be good and it's waste of money. Like, it's a waste around your... <laughs> you wear a belt around your waist. <laughs> I know it. It will be bad before they even made the script. One out of four found that helpful. <laughs> oh. Okay, guys, I'll be I'll be quite honest with you. I don't I don't pre-read most of my reviews. <laughs> I saw that. Why does that track? I saw <sighs> two things of this review that said, "Yep, you're the one." The title and uh, that line bad, 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 bad movie. I did not realize he would spell waste 
as in like your 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 waste on your body and not mm-hmm. like waste of time. Like trash. <laughs> God damn it! This is precious. This is a tattoo that I'm gonna put on my body. This was this was this was a good good, was good. slate of reviews. <laughs> Absolutely, that's why I said the one. It's so mainstream that the. Uh, you get the weird ones. The they're just ready to go, like this one from uh, this last one from Brendan Bacos one Bacos, um, Jeffrey Bezos with his five out of ten. Now again, it's it's a formatting quirk that can't be communicated through voice, at least not you know without being absolutely obnoxious. But every uh, piece of punctuation in this review is separated by a space, so. You know, it's space exclamation point. Space open parentheses, space close parentheses. Um, and he put he's got some little scream emojis, which I can represent with a little with a little scream. So without further ado, no, uh, we've got Brandon Beckles' five out of ten review. Scream Ah twenty twenty two. A disappointment. Well well, scream ah twenty twenty two was a disappointment indeed. There's no real point in going into the plot, so I won't. Yet this one winks our Scream 1, a better film, but that to be expected. This Scream is almost two hours long, and you know what seems longer? With long stretch-out scenes, with the main leads in this who done it, don't expect cameos like maybe the other films, and expect a small role from a charter who appeared in Scream ah, 3 in 2000 briefly. Our main star has a connection to the first film Scream, played out, in my opinion, in a silly way. Of course, David, Nev, and Courtney are back for more. Certainly, to more Scream. Because this Scream is not scray at all. Even the Ghostface voices does scare or bring any suspense to the film. As for the cast, they do okay with three of the female actors doing the best work. They have mentioned by others before... I am being kind when, say, it's average and not memorable. <laughs> Damn it! Oh, I almost got it this time. <laughs> I'm being kind when I say it's average and not memorable. Answers you leave the theater. Need to do better if they is a six, guys. <laughs> my, uh, perhaps my favorite typo in that. <laughs> Was charter instead of character. character. Oh my god! I like scray. I <laughs> scray memorable answers. You know, Me- hmm? memorable. Hmm? Silly way. Uh, I wish I had this kind of depravity up in the ten out of tens. I know they're all, they're all too okay. Well, this guy got more. Come on. Come on. Well, I mean, I did manage to find fucking uh, whatever his face was. This guy clearly did not mm-hmm. speak English. Um, yeah, so he submitted the same review for Halloween 2018. One, two, three, four, five, six times. Um, he also rated Scream, which we said. The only right. other movie he ever rated was Venom. Uh, this is... Uh, Azurus dude who's been an IMDb member for three years. Um, he rated Venom. Venom, I rated this movie 1.10. This is not good movie. This film 0.10 is not good movie. Spoilers, not good movie in this year. 
That's that's his review. <laughs> so, I'm kind of sad uh, of all of this guy of the P- ones Peter made, P- the Peter the one that Peter read, Brendan Backos yeah. one. Yeah, Scream me, was can... the only one that uh, had had the emojis in it. So uh, maybe we'll keep yeah. up with Brendan Backos, and maybe we'll find another one in the future where we'll track his progress. Use more emojis. We'll, we'll observe do, him like the elephant man. I do want to point out. I didn't read too much of the Wonder Woman one that he did, but he said WW1984 is bland. I I perished. I perished. I perished Wonder Woman 1984 on Blu-ray disc. And I haven't even finished the movie yet. Due to losing interest, it's talky. Plus, this Wonder Woman is very deadpan. I love this. It's not exactly I, how I would describe Gal Gadot. I perished. Hmm. Wait, wait, what the... All right, Kurt, I haven't seen Knives Out. You have. Yes. So let me know if this sentence makes any sense. Okay. Well, here's my review of Knives Out 2018. A large cast and what seems like a decent budget. Oh, that was budget. Budget, but he's, He yeah. spelled it Bubjet. Uh, and it's also descent. Also seems like a descent, a descent budget. <laughs> a descent budget. You know, so I don't know what a budget is, but apparently it's it's decreasing in elevation. Think of it like modern day Clue. If you remember the 1984 film, sorry, Tim Curry. Now back to Knives now Out. <laughs> this fucking guy. Now back to knives. Knives. Even say right. Now back to knives. No, no spoiler as to who is it, but as for around two hours, I got a little resetless watching at first. <laughs> but to talkie for my likable, but I watched it all, and in the end, <laughs> the the verdict. The verdict is the verdict. It's by far a brilliant film. Just okay. <laughs> really, that's what I felt. A okay film, nothing to write, nothing to ride home about. <laughs> the end of it. She's does a okay job in the lead. Again, you noted. I am using the word more than once is enough said. Thanks, guys. Or English. No. Eng- enough. Yeah. Enough, enough said. said thanks, thanks, guys. No punctuation. Oh, please, please tell me she cri- he criticizes the lead actress's English after writing this drivel. Oh my god. <laughs> no. All right. Well, let's get back okay. to the the follow up here. Um, that was scream. And who's this guy? What? What's this guy's? Oh, Brendan Backos. Yeah, th- that was our scream slash Brendan Backos spotlight. <laughs> um, we are talking about Spider Man, and number three spot is Sing Two Ten Point Three Oh Nine. Excuse me. Real good. The Three Five Five. <laughs> a terrible movie <laughs> that we spotlighted last week. Mm-hmm. Um. Is in fourth somehow with two point seven million dollars. The King's Man in fifth, two point six. American Underdog one point six, one point nine six million dollars, good enough for sixth place. Bell opened in seventh. Uh, it is an anime movie. 
Yes, I I think I... Suzu is a shy high school student living in a rural village. For years, she has only been a shadow of herself. But then she enters the U, a massive Mm. virtual world. She escapes into her online persona as Belle, a globally beloved singer. Oh, it's about VTubers? Yeah, basically. Yes. Um, she she gets big that, and it's got musical numbers in it, and everyone's like super stoked because they the Japanese version had the Japanese singer, and they got an English version to have like English songs, which is kind of difficult when you have to like try and make the animation fit two different mm-hmm. languages. So everyone was like all stoked about that shit. People get excited over mm-hmm. interesting things these days. Uh, West Side Story is an eighth at one point one eight one million dollars. Licorice Pizza is a ninth of one point oh nine oh million. And Ghostbusters Afterlife rounding out the top ten under a million dollars nine hundred fifty k is the take um, for that baby in its ninth week, which uh, still puts it ahead of Matrix Resurrections in its fourth week. Can you say big oof, kids? <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, also a movie that opened this week that I wanted to, to highlight here is, uh, who we are, a chronicle of racism in America, which opened in four theaters and made, um, $5,700. Uh, the conversation opened in one, the conversation, I think one per theater take or no, it was in second. Oh, that's a re-release too. Uh, what is that? Yeah. Conversation. The, the conversation. Brought in seven grand in one theater, so it was in second. A paranoid, secretive, surreal exp- ex- oh, a paranoid, secretive surveillance expert has a crisis of conscience. You got, a, you got a little Brendan on the brain there. When he subjects that, when he suspects that the couple he is spying on will be murdered. So I guess they wanted to try that one again. All right. Well, that's. That's that shit. Let's talk about gaming news. And the big news this week is Microsoft is channeling their inner Disney and is consolidating the gaming industry. They bought Bethesda last year, and this year they have purchased Activision Blizzard. So, They're gobbling um, them up. This is good news if you are one of the now 25 million Game Pass subscribers. The service has just passed 25 million subscribers. So, uh, World of War, World of Warcraft is now owned by Microsoft. <laughs> uh, Overwatch, as well. Uh, Call of Duty is in the fold now. Oh God. Um. Yeah. That's spooky. So they own a lot of a lot of big properties now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it should it should worry you that they keep buying up all these other things. Like as as convenient as it might be, it's the same thing that when Disney bought Fox. That should really concern you <laughs> that mm. one of the f- five major studios just absorbed another one. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a kaiju fight. Yeah. Um. So when I guess the I guess the the silly jur- the game journalist question. <laughs> So, when are we going to get World of Warcraft Metaverse? Uh, which is probably probably at some point. You'll, you'll get your little World of Warcraft skin for your Metaverse character. Although, wait, is 
Microsoft and Facebook? I have no clue. I don't believe so. I mean, I'm sure they do. I think they're kind of indirect competitors. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they don't have their own sort of thing going on, or maybe they might partner with them, but... um, Well, Microsoft has a a business-focused metaverse, um, I believe. Yes. Yeah, I I, I don't know. the, the, The gross thing about this is that Activision Blizzard is such a toxic place, and Microsoft just gave them a free pass. And now their CEO gets to retire, and he's getting a cut a fat check probably because they're getting bought out, and that probably means they're maybe they're cutting some. Well, he's yeah, he's stepping down. Yeah, he's stepping down. He's gonna be like still having some sort of role, I guess, uh, temporarily. Yeah, Bo- uh, Activision Blizzard CEO Bobby Kotick is reportedly planning to step down after Microsoft acquisition. Um, I think he's still gonna be in like an advisory role or something like that, or maybe. Well, they always say that, yeah. but that's just, I wouldn't think too much of it. And I don't think that they're getting off scot-free. Like, I mean, it's new management. It's going to be shaken up. Uh, it's possible it could be stripped for parts. I don't. We don't know what Microsoft's plans for uh, Activision and Blizzard are, but it is, it is a change in leadership from the top. So if you want a change in workplace culture, having new ownership is probably... You know, not a bad place to start on that. I'm hoping that happens, but it's not like, I mean, it's not like the CEO, you know, who, I'm not saying he allowed it to happen, but it happened under his watch. I don't know if there's any accusations against him specifically, but, you know, I don't know if, can people really say that justice has been served? I don't know. I, I honestly, I, I don't even want to make a judgment call on that because well, I don't, I don't haven't know. looked deep enough into what has happened with Activision Blizzard post all the accusations and announcements and all that jazz and who got fired, who quit, who's still there, who have like been done shit to them. I guess my question is what difference does it make if Microsoft bought them or not? Like, I mean, it's not as if justice would have been served if they continued operating independently. I don't think it really uh, changes anything in that regard if if there's merit to some of the accusations against him if there are even accusations against him other than kind of being a bit of an asshole i feel like um, the, the squeeze is a little bit less on some of the people who were there and who the squeeze a little bit less on them now now that microsoft's buying them out i don't think that's, i don't know I, that's true it, it all it also depends on how detached microsoft is going to be if they're going to actually make some like big changes or not i mean it could be that you know maybe their stock or whatever their price to buy out has just dropped because of all the negative press that they said oh let's let's well, pull the I'm trigger sure that's why they were willing to sell i think yeah. in 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 some respect their willingness to make this deal although you know this would have had to have come together it takes a long time to get a deal like this in place. And of course this could just be an announcement. I mean, I'm sure it probably, this probably is just an announcement and like the transaction won't close for several uh, months. That's what happened with the company. One of the companies I used to work at got bought. So I know all about how Mm -hmm. this sort of, how long this sort of shit takes. The makeup mergers. Um, So it's pending shareholder approval still. Um, And, uh, 
it has to pass regulatory approval. So that that could be an issue given uh, their earlier purchase of Bethesda, but it's not expected to close until the until uh, FY23, uh, which would be the end of June of next year. Seventeen months from now, so it's gonna. There's gonna be a transition period. I'm sure all the negativity is one of the motivating factors for the sale. Um, and he kind of gets his his golden parachute out of out of the spotlight. But if there is like credible, like if he's a sex pest or something, like that shit isn't gonna go away yeah. because he's no longer see. In fact, it probably makes him a little more vulnerable because he won't have the might of the corporation to to shield him mm-hmm. right and that and that, i don't know if that moves the uh, i guess it does move the needle on things um because activision blizzard is in here but um microsoft is as of currently the fourth biggest uh gaming company um and the, i mean this list is a little skewed you have to also take into account that it's probably taking into matters you know, other than gaming, because Apple is third, Sony is second, and Tencent is number one. I don't know how much gaming all of this is. You know, if it's just mobile gaming or, or I mean, what? Yeah, they're probably counting mobile gaming, which I I hate when they do that because it's not like an act. It's it's a different thing. I it's feel. like Apple's and not coming out with a Xbox game or a PlayStation game or some of that. So yeah, not they're not in the same category no um but microsoft being number four i mean it's over google it's over activision blizzard um it's over nintendo uh over ea i mean i'm going through down down the list take two cyber engine i mean these these don't even uh you know come close to some of the numbers that microsoft has and now it's even bigger with the acquisition of yeah of, of blizzard not only the acu- acquisition of activision blizzard but you have to remember that uh EA and Microsoft have a partnership mm-hmm. where EA Play is included with Game Pass. So, you know, I, I'm mm-hmm. I'm not sure how the the financials work out on that, but they're they're getting a cut of something from the EA side of things. Mm-hmm. So, they're even a little bit bigger than than just their standalone their reach. Um, so yeah, I mean. <laughs> As a Game Pass subscriber, I'm not mad because that means Activision games are going to be coming to Game Pass. Yeah, but uh, I'm I'm hoping it's from just... a competition in the market standpoint. Uh, it's never good for there to be fewer companies. Yeah, yeah, I think definitely in especially in today's gaming industry where you have a lot of like predatory practices with microtransactions and you have just these crazy inflated. Uh, you know, stores that you can buy stuff out of, even if you want to buy stuff. It's like, I, I look at Halo, who recently just dropped their prices, and this is Microsoft, so I don't know if they had pull from the Microsoft overlords, but it was literally like 10 to $15 for like fucking cat ears, just cat ears, like a reskin, and like extra armor was $15. It's insane how much microtransactions are baked into these games nowadays, that are free to play. Yes, it's free to play, but like, do you well, really get anything out money. of it? You don't really like get anything out of it. And like, the only option to buy something is ten dollars. That's not really the best 
jumping off point you know let's yeah. let's i mean that's it was kind of a weird decision for them to go free to play on a game like halo which has got to have a huge development budget mm-hmm. um so that you know like that's that's really something i would rather pay money for once to play um rather than get nickel and dime of microtransactions but the the economic success of games like Fortnite and before that League of Legends and stuff like that that they really push a lot of companies to the free to play games as a service model mm-hmm. because they can charge people continuously for you know a new skin and it's a m- much less work on the development end they just have to yeah. put out a new cosmetic pack once every three months and they're making as much money as they would have with a new release yeah yeah i mean it it's a system that can work it's just it's it's a little much and i i think you can see it's not good for the consumer yeah it's shrinkflation in digital form yeah is what it is and you can see from the from the fact that they're dropping prices in the store that this was a test. They were overcharging to see what they could get away with, and it obvious apparently probably behind the behind the scenes they weren't getting enough sales. So they're like, okay, we got to drop the price on some of these, make it more accessible to people. Maybe they'll pick it up at five dollars, seven. I don't even know what the price has dropped down to, but maybe it's down to five, seven dollars. Who knows? I don't, I don't know what it is, but I'm hoping it's cheaper. I don't know. Um, but uh, it would suck to see more and more free games or good games uh, that used to not have. I mean, can you can you see like like Skyrim or something like that, uh, the new Elder Scrolls game, the start to have these only release skins that you have to buy and download? And- well, Oblivion is infamous for having the horse armor DLC, which was five bucks for just an aesthetic. Uh, add on to your horse to have armor. It had no in-game effect. It was yeah. purely a skin. Um. Mm-hmm. So yes, I could riot. see. I could easily see. Well, and then maybe that's what we'll get with the new Elder Scrolls game. Is that they're just gonna have tons of shit? I think what you're gonna see is that more people are gonna start hoping that these indie games or smaller game development companies start coming out with some knock it out of the park type games and. Well, it's a cycle. If and then if, Microsoft if will buy that. <laughs> if free to play, uh, games as a service shit gets to a point where it's it's so universally reviled that people don't fall for it anymore, then they're gonna shift their business strategy. I don't think there's anything wrong vote. with free to play. I actually think it's well, a smart it's, move. If it's free to play, then almost by necessity. It has to be littered with microtransactions yeah. because otherwise they're not going to make any money. They've got to be even, smart microtransactions. It's, it's whale hunting, right? Because even if you, I, Peter, and everyone we know doesn't spend a dime outside of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the bounds of, of what we paid to get into the game, and if it's free to play, that'd be zero. There's the one or two whales that will spend thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars on it. Yeah. Um, like th- that's mobile games for it. That's that's how that whole business stays afloat. Like your Clash of Clans, your Raid Shadow Legends. Yeah, but the, the, they're whale hunting games. See, the thing is that like I think the better approach and what I think 
League of Legends did and what I think Clash of Clans did um, is like they got people to buy things off the microtransactions and Pokemon Go does it too. I I fully understand and fully will admit that I have suckered into the whole microtransaction aspect when the microtransactions were cheaper. You could buy a little here, buy a little there, or there's more options to buy things. Um, whereas the, 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 I got to take Halo again for, for the example, cause it's the freshest off the mind where there's like literally a rotating shop and there's like maybe five or six things. And the cheapest you can get something at is $10 cheapest you can get something out of ten dollars and that's if you buy that pack of coins and then you know the next step is fifteen or twenty dollars it's like there's no wiggle room you know i mean that that is that is fairly egregious um and i'm sure like you like you said that is just a, a it was a test yeah to see you know can we charge that much and i guess their answer is no, no. We, we can't really charge that much so we're going to have to adjust our pricing scheme. But, and it, it's it's just, it's how free market economics goes. You know, the, the invisible hand and whatnot. You know, people, you you vote with your dollar in, in that realm. So if you, if you keep spending money on free-to-play games that have a bunch of microtransactions, then companies, a lot of these... We just talked about stock prices and shit like that. A lot of these are publicly traded companies that, you know, have a fiduciary responsibility to their shareholders to increase profits mm-hmm. every year. Uh, they're going to see that and be like, well, that's that's the way to make money, you know. So you're going to have more more games take on that model. Mm-hmm. Now, some games just don't work with that. Like, I don't know how you would make a, a God of War type game. Yeah, play. exactly. Um and- so, you know, there will be Goddamn, sanctuaries for that. But, you know, it, it's all started with DLC, you know, content that was already on the disc being sold back to you at an extra cost. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they're always going to try to squeeze more money out of you. Sure. Um, um, but just the way I think the I think the, the big thing will be the test of time to see what happens with, um, you know, next year's Call of Duty or... Um, the even overwatch overwatch is going to be the big thing because overwatch 2 is supposed to come out so what's going to happen in development of that is that they going to change like courses or is this purely just a organizational thing and well activision blizzard will like stay pretty much the same path so i would i would just based on my own experience with a corporate acquisition Activision Blizzard will continue to operate as an independent company until the transaction closes. Mm-hmm. So I don't think anything on the release slate for the next year is really going to be too greatly impacted by it. Things in earlier development might be impacted yeah. by it. Um, but I don't think anything that's made it to the announcement stage is really going to be... Uh, I don't even know when Overwatch the, 2 is supposed to Oh, November 2nd, 2022. So, uh, actually, quite uh, soon. soon yeah, this year. Yeah, yeah, this year. So, we'll, we'll see what happens with that. I, mm-hmm. Shifting gears to a more lighter tone, uh, the Cuphead show mm-hmm. has got a trailer uh, yes. that's coming to Netflix. Um, They're going to do it. And they've made the guys very Italian. Yeah. 
the uh, the animation in the show is not as good as it is in the game. No, not at all. I did not see this. Yes. Um, basically, I mean, because the the game I think was hand animated on cells. Yes, it was and a ridiculous is, amount of animation. Uh, this is digitally animated yeah. because it's a fucking show, and. The only thing harder than getting a, you know, the limited amount of frames for every boss together in a video game is getting a fucking hand animated show going for in HD quality for a Netflix release. That's uh, positively Herculean. Yeah. In scope at this day and age. Yeah. I mean, I don't know that anyone really uh, asked for a Cuphead show. Um, I don't. I don't know how I feel about this existing. I guess I'm kind of indifferent to it. But uh, I would say if you just play Cuphead. <laughs> yep. Yeah, this is... Uh, this is... Okay. <laughs> I don't really know. Yeah, like yeah, who, who I, asked? I, this... I'll reserve judgment, I guess. Um, they added in another cup person. Because you have to have a female character, I guess, or maybe she, she was, was, was a, she added. To yeah, she was the yeah, DLC. she was a okay. DLC. I remember okay. her. The uh, the yeah, I don't know what she is a chalice or something like that. I forgot what she is. Um, yeah, they have. I mean, it appears to be all the villains from the game or enemies, the boss fights from the game. I saw the the two fighting frogs and the um, the dice guy, even the 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 pig, the Porky the pig guy. Who's the shop keep? So I didn't see the fucking carrot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no carrot so far. But he was the warm up or the jin. There was the the zoom out in the beginning, and they show the dragon and the mer lady. And I don't remember there being a pirate boat, but I didn't finish the game, so I could be wrong. Um, uh, sure, I guess this is accurate to the <laughs> to the game. I mean, it looks... I mean, it's got all the stuff you'd expect to be in there. Yeah. I don't know if it's, like, an adaptation of the video game or if it's just, like, we got these characters, we're going to we're gonna give them their own new adventure. Um, but, oh, there's a carrot. I saw know. the carrot. Well, it's like... Um, I think Cuphead is one of the stronger indie titles behind, uh, like, Shovel Knight. And Shovel Knight fucking spread fucking shovel spread all over uh the indie game scene and into as many types of media as it hollow knight got really popular too yeah like and you know if they could have you know if they could have swung a tv show i'm sure there would have been a shovel knight tv show yeah yeah this just seems it seems like a weird timing i guess because cuphead's like four or five years old at this point right Mm mm-hmm yeah, honestly, the, the the craze is kind of over. Like, I feel that game had its time, and like people played it like nonstop, and rightfully so. It was a good, good game, and it was a, it was beautifully done. Um, it, I mean, it took six or so more years, but maybe even longer. Um, but yeah, it was in development forever. Uh, yeah, well, that was that was that one game. I mean, there's always a game like that where it keeps on coming back to E3, and it's like, oh, here's 
where we're at. We have a new show, or new thing to show you. Duke Nukem Forever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, you just you just reminded me. We should have put this during trailers, but um, there was also a. So we, uh, you just brought up because of animated stuff. Um, there is a The Boys animated show. Oh. I guess they're doing. Uh, kind of like an in between, you know, season two and three. Oh, really? It's the boys diabolical, and I'm I f- I feel like it's animated by Harry Partridge, or at least he's the director of animation on it, because it looks a lot like his his style, and this would definitely be up his alley in terms of um, tone and um, theming. Right. So, like, he's he's a great animator. So yes, I, I like all the blood. There's a lot of blood. Mm. Uh, former Dragon Age producer Mark Dara says Bioware magic is bullshit and he wants people to stop using the term because it's not magic, it's bad process. The term Bioware magic um, has been thrown around a lot, um, especially <laughs> uh, in light of its disappearance in the Anthem debacle. Um, oh my it God. was a belief within the studio that no matter how rough things look during game development... Everything will ultimately come together and make a great Bioware game that we we all know and love, such as Mass Effect, Knights of the Republic, Baldur's Gate, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But uh, Mark Dara had a very different perspective on it, um, saying it's just bad process. Game de- development, Dara explains, is like a hockey stick. A long arm in which not much seems to be happening, followed by a sharp uptick where everything happens. The bend in the graph is where the magic happens. This last little jog up, that's what people at the studio are talking about when they say Bioware Magic, Dara explains in the video. Things come together really late, and things get better really late. But that's actually a terrible process, he continued, because it's impossible to say how sharp the rise is going to be, or even when it will happen. A better and more sensible approach would be to raise the long arm, accelerate the development process overall, essentially, which will enable better iterations so people can see what the hell it is you're making and not end up trapped in crunch. Yeah. And uh, for more information, go, go learn what a Pareto chart is. Also, um, I can recommend Matt McMuscle's uh, What Happened series. Why? It talks a lot Why? about game development uh, and you know crunch and all the sort of shit that some of these studios have to go through. And like, man, I do not envy them. I love that you guys make video games because I love playing video games. But goddamn, you guys get the shit kicked out of me sometimes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. And in my best, Professor Farnsworth, good news, everyone. CPUs and GPUs are going to get even more expensive in 2022. Yay. Yay. Uh, TSMC, the world's leader in uh, semiconductor manufacturing based out of Taiwan, has informed its largest customers, including NVIDIA and AMD, that it plans to raise the price of their wafers and chips by up to 20%. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Of course, this will be passed on to consumers, meaning more expensive CPUs and GPUs. Yeah. If Um, you're wondering why... Um, other than a vague, like, you know, gestures at everything sort of, uh, explanation. Um, it's just that, like, the crude, like, 
the the breakdowns of the supply chain are happening at like the basest levels like getting the shit from the mine to the factory like that's where the problems are at right now because you need people to get out drive the train from from the place come and drive the train train and drive it um so that's yeah 20 percent is i i've seen a lot of similar in, in the industries that i'm touching right yep. now um well, we're all in we're all in engineering so uh i think we all see it on on our from our industry and then you add to that the already short chip shortage yeah um and that yeah. only exacerbates things yeah it's it's not good news um you know all the measures that the current administration has taken to alleviate the chip shortage will probably not bear fruit for another year or two well because anything meaningful is like anything meaningful would have to take quite a bit of time to actually get started up um yeah you have to build all these fabs and and shit one of the shit takes time one of the one of the biggest like improvements that i've actually seen uh was recently and it's not like from manufacturing process but allowing they said teens i just heard teens in the article but i'm assuming it means like maybe 18 or 19 year olds uh be able to start applying for like truck driving like yeah, jobs yeah about that where they're going to let they're going to let your folks learn how to drive big rigs which is it's not because there's a lack of flavor they just need the because you have people who are qualified and who are looking for jobs and you have plenty of anecdotes out there about people who just can't get a job even though they are have all the necessary qualifications and plenty of experience um but they want to hire the kids instead well i mean i i I don't know i think we're in a position where there truly is a labor shortage well oh yeah Um, yeah i i 100 percent agree yeah so i don't think it's i think you're hearing less and less about uh people who are qualified and not getting jobs and more people that like are, you know, not putting up with shit at their job anymore because they've got so many options because the labor force mm-hmm. through people dying from COVID and uh, people leaving the workforce or for whatever reason, you know, the labor pool has shrunk significantly. Yeah. You um, have a lot of baby boomers who are retiring. That's a massive massive group of people who are leaving the workforce and we don't have the numbers to fill in and i mean not to get super political but there are a lot of people getting turned away at the border um and still deported so you don't have that constant supply of low-income workforce that's coming in that way so if that's got to be forced to be picked up by you know citizens who are coming from maybe like get used to being paid maybe twenty dollars an hour and they're like wait what i the only jobs out there are like ten dollars an hour what the fuck like that's kind of bullshit or something like that at like a you know at like a purdue processing plant that's what i'm talking about like like not your skilled labor you're i'm talking about just your yeah it turns out you know most people don't want to work at the yeah the fulfillment center where they keep you in the building while the tornado stampedes over your yeah place. seriously 
and uh, and actually, I just we just had a meeting today with with a, a supplier, um, and he actually brought up the fact that they were experiencing some labor shortages. So they're like, we got only one way to go. We gotta start like offering more pay, and they just upped the pay by like two or three dollars. And they had so many people come back, people who left and came back because they're like, oh, I get paid a dollar more here than I do over there. So I'll just well, come back over to, here. At the risk of continuing economic studs, the, the last company I worked <laughs> at before I got hired where I'm working now, um, they had issues with headcount because they only paid like $11 an hour. I'm like, no one's going to work in this shitty-ass job for no. $11 an hour. That's why you need all these temps, because you're not paying people. They thought it was because of the extended unemployment thing. And I'm like, I'm not, not convinced that people are going to come back <laughs> when that runs out. Like, you seem to think they are. Oh, my God. We had so many people. We had, we had so many suppliers that kept on kneeling on this. And today was the first time that this guy... This random guy from the supplier, this company, was just like, you know, we used to say like it was COVID, then we said it was unemployment, and now it's just like, we need to up our wages. Like, we get it. <laughs> like, we need to pay people more. So we did, and it turns out it worked. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just like, oh my fucking God. Wow, you pay people good money and they actually come work for you? Oh, that guy was a genius, man. I mean, that's the stupid smart thing is like the people, who, uh, the the businesses who finally come around to that um, to that understanding, you know, as simple as it is, they're the ones who are gonna uh, be ahead, yeah, because they can actually attract, uh, you know, workers and and those are the companies that are doing the best right now are the ones that are like, okay, yeah, we will pay you decent money or give you benefits. Or or what have you, so uh, yeah, that's that's our that's our economics TED talk. Yes, economics. Um, it's so simple. We'll, we'll move on. Well, it's actually <laughs> let's just say right. Complex, interestingly, you know? interestingly enough, simple. apropos of <laughs> of 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 the movie we watched, <laughs> yeah, this um, week or I watched this week. Uh, yeah, we certainly not today <laughs> at work. No, nope. sir. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, don't look up. Adam McKay's satire, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, Commentary. Yeah, I. <laughs> I'm gonna come out and say it. I thought this movie was mid. I. Yeah, like, I, I mean, don't think it was like I. It was. I don't think it was amazing. Like I kind of. So the thing with me. So watching this movie. Um, I mean, I knew what it was going into it, um, and even if I didn't, though, it would have it. It wasn't hard. Like there, I'm. I was really surprised that when I went to look at some discussion on this, there are people who were like, "Did you know that this is actually like about like COVID and like modern politics?" I'm like, "Did you not get like? Did you not see that on the first viewing? Like this is yeah. this is one degree away from a John Stewart bit." of like of in terms of like how directly uh, like it's there's a thin gossamer sheet of, yeah. of allegory between so that the was messaging of one the of my and the, and the story that was interestingly enough one of the the issues i guess you could say i had with it was that it was just a little too like it wasn't really clever 
in its satire. It was just like, hey, isn't this crazy how how the world is today? It was like, hey, guys. It, It was like every bad observational comedy stereotype. Um, there were a few, uh, like the main bulk of it, the, where I'm sure the humor was supposed to be derived from, like just, oh, how crazy the government is and all that, whatnot. I, that kind of fell flat for me. And really the, the jokes I laughed the most at was just Jonah Hill being a, an asshole and <laughs> the recurring bit about the general making them pay for free snacks. I, uh, yeah. I, did, I did like that. See, I love that. they I needed like that more was, of that. It was there and they kept bringing it back. It's just like, I've just, I've gone over it. Like I can't get it out of my head. And you think she's talking about the comment, but no, it's the, why would he charge us for the snacks? So I, I'll send you this. We don't have to talk about it, but I'll, I'll try to find it. Um, apparently there are like, Oh, they may not have uploaded it. So apparently they took all this, all the bits where Jonah Hill was like bullying Jennifer Lawrence. And they just had like 10 minutes of that. And I think they just picked the best ones out of that. And they just kept on redoing the scenes and he improved everything or something. Uh, so that cut is out there and I want that so bad. I think he talks about it on um, uh, Jimmy Fallon or something like that. So... I need to find more of Jonah Hill looking like he's done with life, looking like he's about to go to vacation in Hawaii, uh, just shitting on Jennifer Lawrence. Mm-hmm. That was definitely yeah. Yeah. Uh, a I good mean, moment. I mean, the cast was good, and everyone, all the acting was fine. Yeah. I just, I I didn't think the material was, was substantive enough to really make me recommend this. I think... I think they were they were stuck between a rock and a hard place because you can't really tell a story without getting really serious at times, and I think that's where it probably lost a lot of people. Um, like I thought there were there were some really funny moments, um, uh, and, and there were some some great scenes, but it just kind I think of overall this fell comedy short. Could have used a little more comedy. Yeah. Yeah. Although I, I don't know how much it was setting out to be a comedy, also it like maybe it was because it kind of felt to me like a black comedy, like where it's the kind of joke that everyone like it's it's a doomer humor really, where mm-hmm. it's like you're all just kind of sitting around and like oh <laughs> we're fucked. But I mean, it's Adam. I I mean, I didn't see Vice, so I I don't I'm not as familiar with late stage Adam McKay. Mm-hmm. But you know, this is the guy who's done Talladega Nights, Anchorman, Step Brothers, the other guys. Like I was expecting, like the other guys, I think is an example of what this movie should have tried to be, because that movie is satire about you know, of course you would say <laughs> big business and police corruption, but it actually did it in a way where it felt humorous and and satirical and not just like pointing at something and laughing you know it was making its own jokes well i, I think guess. i think here herein lies the the essence of the problem is that the main characters themselves i mean jennifer lawrence had her had her funny moments and i think the really the only funny moments she had was the general why would he charge me for that the snacks bit snacks. that her and leonardo dicaprio were not the the center Dude. comedy pieces in this movie 
Now, if there was a different version of this movie where it focused on Meryl Streep and Jonah Hill receiving this news and then reacting to it, I think then you would have something like Anchorman or Step Brothers where they're going out campaigning and being goofy and 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 really letting the ha- the hamming it up honestly as what it is and then you have in the background Leonardo DiCaprio Jennifer Lawrence saying like guys there's a fucking meteor it's going to destroy us all and and then then you avoid the the deep conversations of like oh my my marriage is ruined because I cheated on you with some lady and then uh, you know you know, Jennifer Lawrence is off on a fucking outhouse with Timothy Chalamet. You know, the kid from oh, Dune. Can we, can we just can we brief shout out Ron Perlman here? That's seventy one. <laughs> oh my Still god! In the show. <laughs> I said, who let this Maine Coon cat on the set of this uh, this movie yeah. I'm watching? Like, I guess it's spoilers, just because we're we we gave her a little review uh, last week, and you know, this is just the extension of that. Um, just the fact that he goes out. Just like he would in in um, Primal Force, <laughs> where he's just like, I'm just gonna shoot the meat. He'll yeah. never take me alive. I thought I, I loved Ron Perlman's character was the funniest character in this movie to me. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. um, yeah. I think it, I think Asia he kinda, like, almost ran a gamut for like spectrum from him to like Leonardo DiCaprio's character. Where I think for those two characters, I think Adam McKay just wanted to like. He may have just like kind of finally hooked into like the frustration of the scientific community in the modern day, and just like the yelling at a brick wallness of them. He's like, you know what? I need to put this on film. Yeah, I like I liked Leo's character. I like I want Leo to exclusively play anxious, nerdy, and nebbish characters for the rest of his career. Yeah, um, <laughs> I thought that that was a fantastic. Tell me from him. Tell me how many drugs you're on at all times <laughs> <laughs> to keep that anxiety down. Tell me. This I need to know. Panic attack. This is appetite suppressants because they make him overheat. For sleep like, apnea. <laughs> I I liked I liked I I wanted to like this movie. I saw the trailer. We all saw the trailer and we were like, oh, this looks good. It's got a, a fantastic cast. It's you know from a guy who has made some really good stuff in the past. Um, but like for being a satirical movie, I don't feel like it has a ton to say, um, which I guess is another issue with it. See, now um, I'll, I'll disagree with you on that point. I think, cause I, even though it was on the nose, I thought it was very clear in the message that it was trying to portray with it, which I thought at first it might've been about COVID. Um, cause I think well, it, COVID I had like been it around about everything. It, Everything from 2010 to now. It definitely like, could here. be applied to many different things. I think the Take main thing, and apparently the consensus, or maybe even some of the actors that came out, and it makes sense now because Leonardo DiCaprio is a big advocate for climate change, was I think it was about primarily climate about climate change because that's something we don't really see. I mean, yes, it is the middle of January and it was raining today. And cold, and the weather's been all over the place because it didn't get cold until like January first here. Um, I don't know how ocean currents work, and it pisses me off. <laughs> but it's like it, it's it's like we don't really see climate change. It's not like we can see climate change, and and the turning point of this movie was when the the now, I mean we're probably getting into 
spoilers at this point, but I mean, I no, go s- past it's fucking Netflix. Go see it, you idiots. Um, go see it once. Yeah, I, you know, only if you really want to. Like, it, I, I, if you're, then they're not going to care about spoilers. I recomm- <laughs> yeah, I don't think I can recommend this just generally. Um, like I, I could have, I could have been just fine not seeing this. Yeah, it, it would have impacted my life. If, if I would recommend this, um, like if you're if you're into this kind of stuff, you're already kind of leaning this way. Go ahead and watch it. If you're feeling in a sour mood and just kind of like feel spiteful, I think you could you could enjoy this movie. Mm-hmm. Just as like a spite movie. Um, yeah, I wouldn't go back and watch it because everything there's not a lot to dig under the first layer you peel back the layer the entire lasagna is there that's what i mean there's no second lasagna yeah that's what i mean by didn't have a lot to say is that everything all its commentary was very surface level there wasn't a lot of like depth to it i guess i mean i i think that's an okay thing especially because it's not it's not a yeah, it's not that it's not an enjoyable movie, but it's not a movie that I'd be like, I gotta go see that again, you know. So, one viewing does it fine. I don't need any more. Don't look up to understand the message that it's trying to convey, and it at least starts a discussion about certain topics of it. I mean, that's probably what it's supposed to be for. If people didn't start believing in the comet, there were some people who didn't start believing in the comet. Or the meteor until they could see it, and then they were like, "What the fuck?" And even then, there was the "Don't Look Up" movement. Like, and then it's yeah. But they and when they started to see it, when they started to see it, that's when they were like, "We've been lied to." But at that point, it's too late. At that point, it was too late. Their their one shot that they have to save it failed. There was other countries trying to do it, but probably the. The first scenario probably would have been the best bet. You know, you have plenty of time to prevent it from getting uh, close to Earth and all that. And it's all like an allegory for climate change, you know? Well, we got to stop. Like, um, yeah, you got to stop it. Before yeah, it, was, it becomes a thing. Trust, yeah. the, trust the science. I liked, um, you know, uh, Elon Jobs. <laughs> <laughs> that was, I didn't know how to feel about it. That guy always like gave me the... The, oh yeah he's, fu- he's the, i didn't like, know how to read him <laughs> it's like don't i found it funny that the new back. bash phone uh was actually the red hydrogen one which is one of the biggest flops in mobile history <laughs> recent mobile history <laughs> mm. um yeah i mean like there's i don't know there's when i think back at this movie and i think back at you know the parts of it that i enjoyed they're very few and far between. this is a long movie I don't think it needed to be as long as it was. No, there was um, like a like towards the third act or maybe the beginning of the third act. There was definitely stuff you could like. As much as I love Timothy Chalamet's character, you didn't need him. Yeah, yeah. I think you could have you could have done you could have consolidated a lot of it because a lot of it is just kind of repetitious in nature. Um. It's like, oh, the president's putting their fucking polling ahead of the safety of the planet again. Okay, you made this point already. Let's let's move on to something else. Um, and you know, oh, he's he's on, he's doing his media tour again. And you know, you, we we've already seen that 
Now let's move on mm-hmm. to something else. He's on Sesame Street again. Okay, sure. That was the movie was very callback heavy. I will say, every, like it was one of those movies where everything that was set up was called back. Like you, you look and there's like that offhanded joke that they make in the beginning about shovels going up in price. Like they call, they even call back to that at the end where he's out and he's looking right up at it. And, the oh. shovel prices are like five hundred ninety nine dollars or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's. I don't know. I I felt like it's not a terrible movie. It's not devoid of any merit, but I don't feel it's it's really punchy satire, I guess. Um it's it's more it's 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 the John Oliver to the John Stewart of satire, I guess is how I would I would put it, where it it, it has a point. It makes it very plainly and bluntly. Yeah. I totally um, get that. Yeah. But John Stewart was quick to the point, and it was comedic, and it was it was good quality. Where John Oliver just a little more campy and drawn out, and definitely like overplayed. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, it's like I said, it's not bad. I can't necessarily recommend it because there's like you know a handful of of things in it. Like I think you're better off going to YouTube and looking up clips of the movie. <laughs> Like watch Ron Perlman scenes and watch watch the saga of the general who charges them for snacks. Like that's the stuff. Watch Jonah Hill bullying Jennifer Lawrence for for thirty minutes. Because like I feel like that interaction between the characters should have been in more of the movie. You know what I mean? Like I don't feel like they yeah. really maximized their cast that was the balancing act too and i think that was i don't i'm not quite sure why like i kind of get why but um maybe not i don't know i don't know how effective it was was like you had the plot of the premise but you also had the personal arc track for um mostly for leo's character where um he gets swept up in the the hype and the prestige and all the the little um, perks and things, and he kind of loses sight of um, what he what he set out to do in the beginning and who he was, and he finally you know comes to terms with that um, and chooses you know his peace of mind over trying to go along with the cockamamie schemes of you know the, the action movie schemes of the president and their their escape pod thing he just says it was it's not about that anymore you know and they were trying to do that line i think part of that line was there are that there are people who are gonna watch this who are definitely not who just like they see it they see through it and they don't agree with it at all and they're like this is no i can't this is stupid i they're being preachy and awful and i feel like that the Leo story was kind of an overture or like an olive branch to them. Like if you're not gonna, if you're not on board with the, the messaging, you know, the political messaging of the movie, here's this personal story that maybe you can, um, yeah. You know, and that kind of contributes it to, for a movie that's kind of like, you know, has one thing to say and, and, and at times it can feel a little unfocused. 
because you know if it's if it's point is climate change and you know how divided america it is they spend a lot of time railing on social media and like parasocial relationships um and mm-hmm. you know television hosts and all that sort of thing mm-hmm. where it kind of it loses loses the plot a little bit sometimes um which wouldn't necessarily be a bad thing if it had some like creative things to say about any of those topics but it's kind of just like pointing at it and laughing like oh look how nuts this is it's like well, well you're not really saying anything here it was the same formula take somebody who looks like a real life you know whatever uh change the name up a little bit and then ham up their their mannerisms a little bit and make a parody out of them so and it was just like that over and over and over again and it's like all right, I I get it, I got it. Mm-hmm. And um, I will concede that you know some of the people who might not agree with the political messaging, this movie was quite preachy. Yeah, and and that's the thing where where I see uh, it's, I, I rarely see somebody in the middle on it, um, and that's where you probably should land. Is like okay, yeah, it wasn't the best movie, but it was like you got the message, and it was there were some good comedy elements of it. Uh, but then there's people who just downright say, oh my God, they have to like go out of their way to say this is a bad movie because they feel probably personally attacked by it. And it's like, well, you know, maybe this movie isn't for you. Yeah. And maybe the truth is hard. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, why are you mad? Like, is this not what they do sometimes? I'm right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So it it has its merits. It wasn't the best movie, but if you're yeah, like if I you said, like these kind of movies, then go go it's see mid. it. Yeah, yeah um, it's mid. I think I think our pending cut of uh, don't look up, but every time Leo DiCaprio goes into a bathroom, it's a different movie. <laughs> uh, I think that will be stronger as a picture. So so look for that in the coming months. <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping that the Leo verse, the the verse. Uh, really, really the takes everything by storm. We really, we really feel like we have something with this idea. So, uh, Blumhouse, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you cut our number. Adam, you're not Blumhouse. Invited. Net worth is what it takes to actually get Leo. I think we have to get another Leo. See, Maybe a Leo is, look like. We don't actually need Leo. Because we're just using Buy. footage that already exists. <laughs> Buy the rights to all the other movies. We just have to license his movies. Oh, I see. I see. Yeah, that's what makes it so genius. Yeah, and, and then it's fair use because it's transformative. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. We thought this through. This all so, this uh, could work. Jason Blumhouse. Jason Blumhouse. Well, his name's like Jason Blum or something like that, right? Oh. I yeah, I think so. Um, I, we, I know. I don't know if we still follow him on Twitter, but we did for a while because <laughs> we were we were tweeting at him every now and then. Hey, Blumhouse, got another idea for you. And we're serious about Duck Duck Goose. Okay, I know it's been a few <laughs> years since we last got on this train, but I think Duck Duck Goose and Tic Tac Toe Corpses in a Row have some serious potential. And just just call us, Jason. 
Look, you have Squid her game number. Worked. Squid Game worked, huh? Huh? Squid Game was Squid a fucking game. hit. Squid Game, they basically stole the idea from us. Yeah, yeah they did. They did. And then changed did. it a lot <laughs> to the point where it really wasn't the same idea. But they basically stole the idea from us. Yeah. 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 Where's our royalties? Yep. Huh? I'm not saying we deserve checks in the mail at the beginning of every month, but I am saying that you should give us royalties, which I guess would be the same thing. Right, you know, direct deposit. Who who sends who uses mail anymore? Even if it's just you know what, just send me one squid a month. Squid game, squid pay. Send me a squid. In give the mail. me just send me some of your Korean candy that I'm sure tastes very weird to my American palate. Give me that red bean candy. Mm. Red um, delicious. Yes. <laughs> That's a wrap on episode 290 of the Senses Podcast. We're closing on 300, baby. Oh. Um, I think, I think, um, hmm, actually, let me look at my calendar here. Uh, Jake, what does your <laughs> in two weeks look like? <laughs> Would you like to take a flight up to Albany? <laughs> Which... Um, I was actually in two weeks. I would take a flight up to Buffalo. <laughs> oh God, blurry. Ah. Well, maybe make maybe make a stop over. <laughs> yeah, just stop over on the other side of the state. <laughs> yeah, it's not that far. Um, I think. We 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 bat we bandied this idea around internally, and since no one has come up with anything else, I think for the three hundredth episode we will be taking on quite possibly the worst movie we've ever watched on the show. Uh, which, mm-hmm. considering some of the names we face down, is really saying something. Uh, I think episode three hundred is the time where we dust off the cover on what I'm told is not actually my fever dream. We will be watching Dragon Ball Evolution. <laughs> um, like leaves a bad I, taste in my mouth just I thinking will, about it just have, saying the words mortally wounded me I need to get to the hospital within the next 15 minutes my health bar has turned green and I am now taking poison damage yeah I switched in on toxic and now I'm fucked because I don't have facade. Um, <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna wrap that up. Um, live streaming is gonna be a little bit wonky for the next couple weeks um, as I get settled into my my new home. Just stay tight. Just sit strong. So once when we come back with live streaming, we will do God of War. I'm thinking, and then we will at some point maybe on a midweek stream. Uh, toss those around sometimes. Uh, we'll finish up Inscription, because I do want to finish up Inscription. Okay. Um, down with it. And, of course, Risk of Rain 2 is a staple in our rotation at all times. Mm-hmm. Uh, that DLC should be coming up pretty soon, so definitely want to get uh, following our Twitch channel, which is twitch.tv backslash Saturn Studs. Uh, YouTube archive stuff will start going up with more regularity. Um once I'm once I'm settled in, we'll get back to our routine. So the YouTube uploads have kind of stopped because the wells run dried. Um, I did notice that not all the Kingdom Hearts stuff made it up there, so that will probably be what 
what goes up next is the rest <laughs> yep. of the Kingdom Hearts playthrough. Because I, you know how I noticed? I was looking for the perfectly timed, yes, kill! <laughs> when Sora was about to fucking bash Riku in the head with the Keyblade. Um, and I couldn't find it because it was probably in the next episode. So those will go up um, as soon as I can get them uploaded on there, which uh, I close uh, on Wednesday. I hope to be moved in by the following weekend. So uh, sometime in that week, Ooh, we'll what be if we, What if we did like a house tour stream? Uh, we could do something like that. That would be pretty nifty. Um, MTV Cribs. Exactly. Um, so, uh, yeah, we, or maybe we'll do like a a video shot for the YouTube channel. Because I do want to get some OC up on the YouTube channel at some point. Start doing some of that stuff. Uh, now that Peter and I live close to each other, it'll be easier for us to do that sort of mm-hmm. thing. And we can drag Jake up kicking and screaming from Baltimore every now and then. <laughs> Um, so that's, that's the future. The future looks bright for the Saturn studs, um, and all of Iron Blood Gaming as a whole. Uh, one of our, one of our boys just got first real sponsored, right? Uh, oh yeah. Hanger got uh, sponsored yeah. by something yes. or another. So my friend, check uh, Hunter, check him out on Hunter's Hobby Hanger. Uh, he builds Gundam, like I build Gundam sometimes, but he puts up some, some neat, uh, Gundam review pages, uh, or videos on YouTube. Uh, check him out. He just got sponsored by uh, Gundam Shoppers Network, so he'll yeah, be. Yeah, so that's that's big for him. Uh, so catch him for the to, promo. Congratulations to him and all that. Very cool. Um, and uh, yeah, you can follow IBG and Hunter and us all on Twitter. Um, I don't know their things off the top of my head, uh, but ours is Stud Saturn, and they they follow us. So if you go to us and follow us, you know you can find them. Uh, SaturnStuds.com is the place to go for our links to YouTube channel, Twitch, uh, Twitter, all all that all that fun stuff, an easy to remember uh, URL. So until next time, be well, stay safe, and party like it's 1995. Peace. Bye bye.